Harness the energy you need to get you through the hectic holiday season with NT Factor's Holiday Sale. Get 20% off all orders of $150 or more now through December 31st. Just use the code SAVE20 at NTFactor.com. NT Factor is the only nutritional formula clinically proven to repair damaged cells and improve your body's natural energy production. Clinical trials have shown that NT Factor reduces fatigue by almost half. It also reduces some of the side effects of aging. NT Factor is all natural and available in a variety of formulations tailored to your specific needs. I've been using NT Factor for years and I prescribe it for my patients. So take advantage of NT Factor's holiday sale and stock up for the new year. Get 20% off all orders of $150 or more through December 31st. Call 800-982-9158, 800-982-9158, or use code SAVE20 at ntfactor.com. That's ntfactor.com. Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Today we're going to talk about uh, the benefits of xylitol nasal spray. Also, uh, xylitol is useful versus dental infections and problems in the mouth. Uh, Our guest is Nathan Jones. He's a frequent contributor here on Intelligent Medicine because he's the CEO of Clear, spelled X-L-E-A-R. They are the global leader in creating natural, convenient xylitol-based sinus and oral care products that support a healthy lifestyle. And uh, it is uh, now a couple of decades since uh, Nathan Jones founded Clear uh, based on the research that his father did, Dr. Lon Jones, Dr. Lon Jones, uh, Jones Sr., uh, has been a guest on Intelligent Medicine, uh, talking about how he discovered that uh, by using a simple natural xylitol nasal spray, uh, he was able to treat his patients who had persistent upper respiratory infections. And uh, based on uh, his father's experience and inspiration, uh, Nate founded a company that has been quite successful. Nate, it's a pleasure having you back on Intelligent Medicine. Thanks very much for joining us. Well, thanks for inviting me. I enjoy it every time. Indeed. You know, we always have uh, great conversations, but uh, I must uh, uh, pay you uh, a debt of gratitude because uh, recently I had COVID. Yeah, for the second time around. I had it first uh, in 2020, shortly after I had the vaccines. Uh, and then I was uh, free of problems for a couple of years. But uh, yeah, you know, uh, it's the new variants. Uh, immunity is waning. And I had a second bout of COVID, not uh, as serious as the first, but, you know, kind of a minor inconvenience. But uh, typically what happens to me, Nate, is that when I have a respiratory infection, uh, I kind of power through it. But in the aftermath of the respiratory infection, I sometimes develop, uh, you know, lots of sinus congestion uh, and then uh, the sequel of sinusitis where, you know, it starts to build your pressure builds up. Uh, sometimes I have uh, what is called purulent mucus. I know that's not such an appetizing subject, but uh, when mucus turns from clear... I was going to say, that just sounds gross. It sounds gross, and you know, probably you know, since you're such an avid user of uh, clear, you're probably not familiar with that phenomenon. But uh, prior to my use of clear, that was a fairly regular occurrence for me. Uh, and 
but uh, you know, I assiduously used the Clear. As soon as I got sick, uh, I used uh, your Clear products, and uh, I managed to dodge a bullet in terms of that aftermath. So uh, you know, I really do believe that that has made the difference for me. Uh, so uh, tell us a little bit about um, what the latest developments are on the Clear front. Because, uh, you know, we always have updates. Uh, there's new research to share. Uh, I know that you travel uh, around the world uh, talking to experts in respiratory health, attending conferences, attending also dental conferences, because there's developments on the dental front in terms of science uh, behind xylitol. So, so what's the latest? Well, the latest, uh, we, we're, uh, you know, we haven't really been doing that much research, um, you know, that I can talk about. I think the last time I was on, I, I, <clears throat> I kind of mentioned we have two studies that are ongoing right now that we're working on with Mark Cannon. Um, but who has uh, been a guest know, on Intelligent are, Medicine? Maybe you know uh, when his research is ready, yeah, we can no, uh, reprise his visit. Oh, you should you should probably talk to him because he's doing some phenomenal research about xylitol and cancer. Oh wow! And. And, um, you know, what I, what I would tell you right now is, have you ever, you know, who Otto Warburg is? Indeed. Yeah. You know, Otto Warburg, you know, was sort of the, uh, the theory of, uh, the glycolytic theory of cancer, that sugar feeds cancer, blah, 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 <clears throat> that thing. Yeah. And, and I want to, I read the book about him and I want to make sure that, that people understand. And this is my interpretation of what I read, but it's not sugars in general, it's fructose. Okay. And. So we started actually doing research because we had a, a little powwow when we were sitting there discussing, you know, I mean, this is getting, you know, way into the weeds, but we were sitting on my back porch and we were discussing, and it was my dad and a couple other doctors and smart people that are smarter than me, but we were discussing how the strip mutants in your mouth that cause cavities, why are they, why did they mutate to break down and not fully metabolize the sugars, um, the, the glucose that we're eating, the sucrose and stuff. And during that conversation, somebody, one of the doctors was like, you know, cancer tissue eats a lot of sugar too. Why mm -hmm. is that? Mm -hmm. And, you know, our, our eyeball, you know, we started thinking because we were in that thing. Anyways, that got us, and this is a couple of years ago, but then we started working on, on getting some research studies set up. And, and some of these studies, um, you know, I'll tell you about the very first round of it, but they actually got these humanized rats and they, they had tumors on them and they shot xylitol directly into the tumor. Hmm. And for the first 48 hours, the tumor shrunk. I think it was 48 hours. Maybe it was hmm. four days, but it was, hmm. it was within a couple of days, the tumor shrunk by over half. Wow. And Mark Cannon, I mean, he's calling me, he's like, you can't believe this. You can't believe. It. But then all of a sudden the tumor just, just exploded in growth. It just grew fast. And every time you put sugar into it, not sugar, xylitol into it, it would just open up and leak it out. Mm -hmm. So the, the cancer obviously was learning that it mm -hmm. can't eat the sugar. Mm -hmm. Well, so we, we sat and figured and, and thought about that. And so then what they did is they actually went back and did another round where they so, actually so in other words, you're saying that the cancer developed resistance, as it often does to various forms correct. of chemo or radiation or immunotherapy, what have you. It's typical is that cancer, uh, you, it abates in the face of treatment, but then the, the problem is uh, it comes back with a vengeance. Okay. Yeah. 
So what we did is we actually redid this study, but we used these tiny micro osmotic pumps that constantly drip xylitol into the tumor. Hmm. And, and the tumors went away. Hmm. So this is exciting. I guess the suggestion is that uh, just as xylitol is kind of a decoy uh, for sugar uh, that feeds bacteria in the nasal passages or in the mouth, uh, it may be a decoy substance that uh, uh, blocks the uptake of sugar by cancer cells. So, you know, I think the principle may go across uh, different biological systems. See, now you're talking over my head. Okay. <laughs> well, you're, you're a results-oriented guy, and you see that, that it can work. Uh, but obviously, you know, yeah. we're talking no, about... But, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, well, no, but what I wanted to say, just add in there is, we're actually moving forward, and we have some other studies that are, that are looking, because what we want to do is we want to know the how and the why of how it's working and why it's working and mm-hmm. why it's doing what it's doing. And, and we're excited to get it done, but we won't have that done for probably another year or two. Right. Um, you know, cause you gotta do two or three and then depending on those results, you gotta do some others. But, you know, the other study that we're doing that we have the data for, it's just so much data that, that, uh, you know, we're trying to find computer time at the university to get it all crunched and mm-hmm. human brain time. But we took, um, you know, because one of the questions that we sometimes get answered is spraying xylitol up your nose. How does it affect? Well, the first question was, do we have a healthy nasal microbiome? Mm-hmm. And everybody talks about the gut microbiome. Exactly. But yeah. people aren't really talking about now they're starting to talk about the oral microbiome. Mm-hmm. You know, Mark Cannon and those researchers, they've been talking about the oral microbiome for 15, 20 years now since I met him. Um, and, and other people are starting to do that. And to the point that, you know, 12 years ago, we actually came out with a product. I don't know if you remember, but we had a dental probiotic. that was like a pixie stick. Uh huh. Yes. It was made with xylitol and had vitamin D and calcium glycerophosphate. It had a bunch of, you know, non-acidic vitamin C Uh and it had these probiotics for the mouth. Um, and the point of it is, is that, you know, the same way that it works in the gut, it works in the mouth. And if you can crowd out. The strep, the strep mutans, which is the one that breaks as it breaks the sugars up and makes acid, mm-hmm. then you're not going to get tooth decay. And, and I think and, that that's a big reason why my children don't have tooth decay. And indeed, this is actually kind of goes against this uh, paradigm where we, uh, you know, gargle with uh, Listerine uh, or well, we use chlorhexidine, you know, which basically kill everything off. Uh, but uh, Any, ultimately, anytime you use something that, that Anytime you use something that advertises that it kills ninety nine point nine percent, I don't I don't think you're doing something good. Yeah, yeah. And in the mouth, just to put that in perspective, even in people that have a lot of caries, usually the top end of the cariogenic bacteria is probably going to be about ten percent to fifteen percent of all of the bacteria in your mouth. And Mark Cannon, they've actually pointed this out, but the bacteria that, that help us to metabolize gluten live in our mouth. The yeah. bacteria that help us metabolize milk, they live in our mouth. And if we keep killing those bacteria off, we're going to see, oh, wait, we've already seen that. You're going to see an increase in gluten intolerant people and lactose intolerant people. Indeed. And then there's also the, the, the finding that people who uh, frequently use mouthwash are more prone to high blood pressure. 
And that's because the bacteria that reside nitrate in the mouth, re- nit- yeah, the the nitric oxide, and the same thing metabolizers. in the nose. yeah, the ones that, uh, yeah, and, and where nitric oxide actually has been uh, looked at in the nasal passages as one of the ways to uh, possibly attenuate the severity of, of COVID. Nitric oxide actually plays a role also in the in the respiratory tract as well as in the circulatory system. So, um, so the suggestion is. By enhancing nitric oxide, or certainly preventing its destruction by antibiotics and powerful uh, disinfectants, uh, that this this can be a, a positive principle. Yes. No. There's actually a company in Canada that they're trying to to get a nitric oxide nasal spray on the market. Mm-hmm. I've heard of that. And and they've actually done studies where they show. And this goes back to, you know, our problems that we have with our great and glorious um, federal three-letter agencies in the government. Mm-hmm. But but this company in Canada, it's called Sano Ties and the NO, because it, it yep. they're using nitric oxide in the nasal spray, um, you know, to kill off viruses in the nose. Hmm. And I don't know what the how that's going to affect, you know, the resident commensals and the probiotic, the good bacteria and the commensals that live in our nose. Mm-hmm. Because one of the one of the things that we've done with, with Mark and these and these this research is we yeah. actually mapped out we got we got uh, I'm trying to remember the number now. Twenty I think there was twenty people who were healthy and didn't have any chronic upper respiratory issues. And we swabbed their nose and cultured it out and, you know a whole bunch of bacteria and viruses and everything in there. Then we took people who were constantly sick, who had chronic mm-hmm. upper respiratory infections, and we measured their micro, or cultivated their microbiome. Then we gave those people, both of them, clear, and we had them wash their nose for a month. And then we did the same thing again. And and we should have the data on that by and, a, and an article published mm-hmm. by this time next year. So, so the suggestion and the hypothesis anyway, and hopefully it'll be borne out by the results of this experiment, is that clear can have a, a normalizing effect on the microbiome in the nasal passages, moving it more towards the optimal balance of bacteria. And of course, viruses, even fungi, which reside in the nasal passages. That, that's correct. We, we already know, <clears throat> excuse me, we already know that that's what happens in the is that xylitol works as a prebiotic to the bacteria in the mouth and as a prebiotic to good bacteria in the gut. And so what we want to do now is confirm, because we believe that the same thing's happening in the nose, but we want to confirm that that is actually what's happening. And we did a study back in, I mean, we did it in Czech Republic back in, I want to say 2005, where we were looking at kids that had chronic ear infections and they used our nasal spray, but the only thing we were actually measuring, which, which was short-sighted on our part, you know, 17 years ago, was uh, we didn't measure all the bacteria. We only measured the ones that we knew caused upper respiratory infections. Mm-hmm. And what the we pathogens. found is that over the course of this study, the pathogenic bacteria disappeared. Wow. So uh, let's turn to... Uh, the elephant in the room, which is, you know, our current uh, pandemic of respiratory infections, particularly COVID. But now, you know, I reside in New York and there's all kinds of alarms about, you know, people need to put their masks back on because uh, uh, not only are we confronting COVID, but we have a, a tri-pandemic 
we've got uh, COVID, we've got uh, respiratory syncytial virus, and we've got the flu uh, coming together in a perfect storm. And I, and I think part of it, uh, Nate, is the fact that we've been sequestering for the past couple of years and wearing masks, and especially kids have not acquired uh, natural immunity. You know, we've prevented that natural process for a couple of years, and now nature is asserting itself. But uh, nonetheless, uh, there's uh, some evidence that you have amassed in your research that suggests that clear could be a preventative. Nonetheless, uh, you have run into some trouble from regulatory agencies. Uh, early in the COVID pandemic, uh, the FTC established a, a task force uh, which was designed to stamp out COVID quackery. And, you know, there's some people with some wackadoodle ideas about what they can do about COVID. You know, they can use, uh, you know, sound waves or something like that to uh, dissipate the uh, uh, COVID uh, viral envelope or something like that. You can buy a CD for, you know, $49.95 that will prevent COVID. Okay, I, I can see that, that that maybe is a bridge too far. But you've amassed some plausible evidence that uh, xylitol, uh, may have generalized preventive effects on respiratory infections, but specifically vis-a-vis -vis COVID, and the FTC doesn't like it. Uh, that is correct. In fact, the stupidity of this, of this, I mean, because, so let me, so let me explain what happened here is, I'll, I'll give you a short timeline, it'll take me about two minutes, but sure. in March of 2020, there was an article in the New England, New England Journal of Medicine that actually said and pointed out, which is, you know, everybody's kind of understanding that, that it is a respiratory infection, but 90% of the viral load is in the upper airway. Okay, if we know that 90% of the viral load is in the upper airway, what's the obvious thing to do? Well, to target the upper nobody airway. did it. Yeah. <laughs> nobody exactly. did it. And, and there was an article that was in early 2020 that was published in the Journal of the American Medical Association where they sat and talked about, and it was just a couple of doctors saying, hey, we need, we can address this by just washing, irrigating the sinus cavity, washing it out. Because if we constantly reduce the viral load in the upper airway, we may not stop the illness. But what we will do is we will reduce the symptoms of the people that are sick, and we will reduce the spread of person-to-person -person transmission. Because if you wash your nose out, you're not going to breathe out as much of it. Right. Or, and that's just and, and moreover, uh, the, the, a theory is that, uh, you know, initially the infection is limited to the upper airway. Uh, but then as the virus uh, propagates in your upper airway, it can track south via gravity, via active transport uh, into your lungs and then ultimately, you know, throughout your body and your circulatory system. So it can confine it to your upper airways. Uh, maybe we can get some traction and on severe COVID. And there was a study that actually showed exactly that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that if you just use a nasal spray, it would stop the spread of COVID from the upper airway to the lungs. And in the upper airway, it's not that big of an issue. Still an issue, not that big of an issue. It's when it gets to the lungs and the rest of the body that it becomes a big problem. Mm -hmm. Okay, you're the doctor. Tell me if I'm wrong. No, clearly. Uh, but, you know, according to uh, the FTC and the FDA, uh, the only claims that you can make in terms of efficacy against COVID are the vaccines, number one, 
and a couple of medications, remdesivir, which now has a terrible track record. Don't worry. Uh, You know, some people say that it should be renamed Run, Death is Near. Uh, And now... (laughs) Yeah, like that. And Paxlovid, uh, which is now the go-to medication, which may have some efficacy, but it is of limited value, uh, much like Tamiflu was against the flu. Uh, Go ahead. I'm sorry. Let me, let me let me just point this out, yep. okay? Because these drugs that are expensive, patented, mm-hmm. and probably more than likely, royalties are getting paid back to employees at the NIH and the uh, CDC, probably, mm-hmm. maybe the FDA. But all of these things don't have as good of a track record as simply washing your nose. I know of at least a dozen or two studies where they've looked at using saltwater irrigation. In fact, let me go back and finish the story even, about even just saltwater. You know, right? Yeah. So, so the NIH, and I and I think I've mentioned this with you in chatting with you in the past, but the NIH actually paid for a study that was done at Vanderbilt in early 2020. They had 60 patients, all of them over the age of 65. So it's a you know comorbidity. All of them had COVID, and all of them tested positive. All of them were sick. They had symptoms. They just washed their nose with salt water. Every single one of them got better, 100%. Then Georgia Medical College did a study that was similar to it. Again, 100% of the patients got better. Not a single patient in any of these studies that I'm aware of where they've looked at baby shampoo, where they've looked at chlorophenaramine, where they've looked at clear, where they've looked at salt water, where they've looked at iodine, where they've looked at nitric oxide, where they've worked with baby shampoo, all of these things. Not a single patient in any of these studies was ever even hospitalized. Hmm. Okay, but when these studies started getting published, the FTC sent a warning letter to Nealmed, one of our competitors. They sent a, Neil, uh, a warning letter to Navage, one of our competitors. Mm-hmm. They sent a warning letter to us. They sent a warning letter to Halidine, which they a couple of doctors put together a company with a nasal spray with iodine. Again, mm-hmm. destroy it in the nose; it doesn't spread. Mm-hmm. All of us have received these warning letters saying if we don't shut up and stop sharing published research that's published on the NIH's government website, mm-hmm. they're going to make life difficult. They're going to penalize us for sharing science on the NIH website. So And everybody they, else was like, okay, we won't do it. Exactly. And I'm like, no, but, I'm going to share science. So, so, so the point here is that uh, these were efforts to quash uh, the dissemination of truthful science. And frankly, a lot of these individuals, and I know, you know, individuals myself personally who've been hit with these warning letters because they've written truthfully about, you know, this or that or the other supplement, vitamin D, or, you know, uh, uh, you know, talking about uh, 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 curcumin or, or quercetin uh, or echinacea in relationship to respiratory tract infections with a possible application for, for COVID. And they've, and, they've, and they've basically bailed. They've said, look, okay, fine. I don't have the deep pockets, the resources, the wherewithal, the stamina, uh, the emotional fortitude to fight the U.S. government. And so most of your colleagues said, okay, we'll take a, down that information. You, however, yeah, took a principled stand. And I, I don't think... I know you, Nate. This is not a marketing decision. This is not an effort to, you know, expand uh, the uh, 
the sales of clear. You're a principled guy, but you want to get the truthful information out, and you felt it was wrong that the government was restraining you, right? Absolutely. I mean, I just, I, I, I don't understand. <clears throat> you know, I'm here in Phoenix, and I just spoke at a, at a it's called Turning Point um, Conference. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it, it truly is mind-boggling that our public health agencies, okay, they knew how to end this. I, I don't even call it a pandemic. Okay, it's a pandemic because for the first three months it was a pandemic, but since then it's a pandemic because they knew how to stop it. <clears throat> okay, they had the data from the study that was done at Vanderbilt. I had that data by by uh, April May of 2020. Okay, because we used it when we actually submitted to the FDA for us to do a human trial. And the FDA said, well, okay, but you have to do this. And then they started asking all these questions and they got to the point where they were asking questions like, what time of day were the grapefruits harvested that you used mm-hmm. to get your grapefruit seed mm-hmm. extract from? What mm-hmm. field in the state of Florida yeah. were they harvested from? And at that point, you know, they're just making questions up to give you a busy work to do. Right. And basically you know, to, it's, quash it's a complete the, double standard. to quash the application to make it that... Uh, it was impossible to undertake the study. All right. Uh, you know, our listeners know that we divide our podcast into two parts. The plot thickens. I want to hear what's happening uh, with this uh, FTC case uh, and your uh, courageous efforts to uh, get truthful information out about uh, uh, the importance of uh, respiratory hygiene, uh, where uh, CLEAR can certainly play a role. You want to find out more about uh, CLEAR, CLEAR nasal products are available Everywhere, they're in Walgreens, CVS, Vitamin Shop, Rite Aid, Target, Kroger, Public Strouts, Natural Grocers, Wegmans, Fresh Time, most natural products retailers nationwide. Did I miss anything? They can also be purchased online. No, they're, I mean, they're everywhere. Yeah. They're everywhere. Including Amazon. Also, the Spry Dental products, they're great. They're, we'll talk a little bit about them. Uh, they're also available uh, everywhere. Or uh, you can um, uh, go to XLEAR dot com and uh you got a phone number or is it just uh the, be the website hey. um they can call but if you go to the website it's easier okay but i mean just to get the products i would just go to amazon or i would just go down to any grocery store or pharmacy in in the country practically great i mean the only store that i'm aware of that doesn't carry it is probably whole foods because we we dropped selling to them because they kept raising their price and we didn't want them to raise their price Okay. All right. Uh, Nate, we'll be back. Continue our story. Uh, The subject is uh, xylitol for dental applications for respiratory uh, prevention. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast.